The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Sometimes I find it's useful to practice as if what you're noticing were happening instead to a good friend. Imagining that what is happening with you today is happening instead to someone you care about in your life. Suppose they came to you to talk about it. As you imagine that, feel the qualities that might come up in you as you receive their situation. Maybe some empathy, some concern, some compassion with their difficulties, or if they're feeling happiness or peace, maybe some sympathetic joy for what is arising in them. If you'd be this way with a friend, what kind of companion are you for what you're experiencing in life right now? What if you were like a good friend towards the struggles, any struggles that are happening? How would a good friend relate to you in any of the states of heart, mind, and body that you find arising? On the other hand, if people pose difficulty for you right now in such a way that practicing like a good friend seems impossible, consider some other resource that helps you in life. It could be as simple as the way the sun shines on you. Allowing yourself to be with any stress in the same way the sun warms you after you've been chilly or even very cold. Feeling how it comes to your body and progressively just relaxes your body with its warmth. And how the sun sends its rays down on everything that happens without any bias. It doesn't choose to shine on some creatures and not on others. Or the resource you bring to what's happening with you might be some other skill or inspiration in your life. So maybe you have a scientific mind that likes to look more deeply into things. What if you brought that objective curiosity to what's going on? It's so interesting, science doesn't turn away from or reject what it studies. There's just this lovely persistence, this willingness to keep looking, to keep bringing interest and caring about what is being studied, even if it takes decades. So allowing some reflection that whatever brings helpful qualities into your life, maybe that's a resource for sitting, walking practice, and just living. A friend of mine was recently asking what a teacher meant in using the word love in a Dharma talk. 
love has sometimes been the feeling that's remained when a significant piece of suffering lifted off my shoulders as if freedom were kind of unweighted in that moment. But I got curious and I looked up various definitions of love and I found a list of synonyms or related qualities. Generosity, letting it be, tenderness, warmth, care, regard, interested, concern, friendliness, kindness, goodwill, sympathy, benevolence, brotherliness, sisterliness, a sense of humanity, intimacy, closeness, compassion, devotion. What might these facets of this feeling we call love bring to your practice at times when freedom is not what you are most aware of. I recently reread some essays about metta, the quality of loving kindness that's prized as such a wholesome quality we can cultivate in our practice, and one that can arise on its own as we unfold in this practice. And I was struck by this passage in an essay by Bhikkhu Nanamoli. Love can be considered in two principal moods, that of lovers for each other and that of a mother for her child. In its spiritualized form, love can draw its inspiration from either one or the other. Spiritual love that looks for guidance to the love of a mother for her child uplifts itself to the ideal of the pure fount of all safety, welfare, and spiritual health. And a mother best serves her child if she guards her own health. It is this latter kind which the Buddha takes as the basis for his teaching of universal love. So in my mind, I substituted the word caregiver for mother because the person caring and devoting themselves to a child is sometimes another person besides the mother. So I read it again and substituted Spiritual love that looks for guidance to the love of a caregiver for a child uplifts itself to the ideal of the pure fount of all safety, welfare, and spiritual health. So this might offer some uh, insight into the benefit of bringing these qualities of love um, that resonate for us, whichever ones resonate the most, into practice might provide a sense of safety, welfare, and spiritual health. So there's some safety for us as we approach some very powerful or habitual suffering or stuckness if we can bring one of those qualities, even just a touch of them might assist us kind of like a life jacket would help us if we ended up overboard in turbulent waters. So maybe we can stay afloat with a difficulty if we think of just being interested in it, caring about it, being kind towards it, being close, being compassionate. The word welfare brings the reminder that with one of those qualities on board, there might be some protection. So if we can 
feel that there's some interest or some kindness or some friendliness in us, it's not going to harm us to be aware of stress or suffering. It might encourage us to remember that old, tough, conditioned habits arise in our meditation in order to be unfolded, uh, seen, loved, and eventually just released. By the way, these qualities of loving kindness don't have to feel all warm and fuzzy and sentimental. I think there may be great kindness in being with something very quietly, or even with a steadiness or an objectiveness, objectivity or coolness that's not cold or rejecting. There are lots of forms of offering safety and welfare to ourselves and to others. And sometimes it's just the compassion of being realistic and matter-of-fact. There can be tremendous love in that. So just as a child's caregiver lets them go off and explore the world bit by bit until the child becomes an adult who's ready to let go of the help, meditative awareness and our awareness going throughout our lives explores and sits with our suffering bit by bit until it's ready to let go of us. So releasing into spiritual health. Bhikkhu Nanamoli points out that in teaching loving-kindness, the Pali word that's used is metta, which he notes is derived from mita, a word meaning friend, or better, the true friend in need. Another writer I found um, online on accesstoinsight.com, Acharya Buddharakahita, writes, Metta is the protective and immensely patient attitude of a mother who forbears all difficulties for the sake of her child and ever protects it despite its misbehavior. I love this idea that we could bring loving qualities to our practice in the same way with the immense patience that sticks with this fledgling, conditioned, heart-mind in all of its difficulties, all of its misbehavior, protecting it no matter how many times it gets into trouble. That protection could be very soft or it could be firm and clear. In some conditions, a caregiver or friend has the wisdom to let something be. A friend can let your emotions be doesn't have to change you, doesn't have to hurry you up, doesn't have to fix an emotion that you're having out of, you know, not or unpleasant. Just like a caregiver can give a child the space to learn something in their own way, a caregiver every dilemma for a child and in fact doesn't do them a favor if they do. So I found Jack Cornfield online, um, quoted online as having written, let go of the battle. Breathe quietly and let it be. Let your body relax and your heart soften. Open to whatever you experience without fighting. As we go about living today, may we practice letting it be.
like a good caregiver or friend, or the sun. May we bring any of these qualities of love to our experiencing that might be of support, tenderness, warmth, compassion, care, regard, interest, concern, friendliness, kindliness, goodwill, sympathy, caring, benevolence, brotherliness, sisterliness, a sense of humanity, closeness, intimacy, devotion. So may whatever benefits come from our practicing together today benefit all beings. May all beings be loved. Thank you.